Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Welcome to the Vault Podcast, classic music reviews, presented by IV Creative. Now, here's your hosts, B. Cox and the crew. Greetings and welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another edition of the Vault Podcast, classic music reviews, presented by IV Creative. It's a perspective of the classics from a fresh point of view. We appreciate you for taking your time and lending your ears to our perspective you could be anywhere listening to anything, but you're right here with us, so we thank you. With you today is yours truly, B. Cox, and flying solo today, but shout out to the crew, and shout out to all the fans and listeners out there stateside and worldwide for continuing to support the show. We thank you all for all of your support and love. As a reminder, make sure that you are all visiting the website, vaultclassicpod.com. Vaultclassicpod.com. You can go there to check out all of our shows. More info, of course, as well. All of our social media pages. You can go there to leave a review. Also leave a voice note. And of course, visit our Buy Me a Coffee page to support the show monetarily to show us that you appreciate us and to make sure that we can keep the vault open for many years to come. Again, that's vaultclassicpod.com. Each and every week, new episode drops right there first before anywhere else. Make sure that you go check that out as well. And of course, hit us up on social media, IG, Twitter, TikTok. We're definitely on TikTok doing some things over there. We see many of y'all have joined us over there. Hit us up, of course, at Vault Classic Pod on all the socials. As we always say here on The Vault, our motto is hashtag open the vault, hashtag nothing but the classics or MBTC. And today we're going to go back 30 years ago and we're going to go to the third studio album of none other than West Coast legend and hip hop icon Ice Cube, The Predator, released on November 17th, 1992 on Lynch Mob and Priority Records. Recorded between November 91 and May 1992, and we'll get back to that time frame in just a second, because it's going to really frame the conversation around this album. It was recorded at Echo Sound in Glendale, California, in the Hit Factory, the famous Hit Factory in New York City, with a runtime of 56 minutes and 27 seconds. The producers on this, Ice Cube himself, but the majority of the production handled by the likes of DJ Pooh, Sir Jenks. DJ Muggs and Torture Chamber, the singles on The Predator. Wicked, released November of 1992. The classic, It Was a Good Day, released February of 1993. And Check Yourself, released in July of 1993. Ice Cube's The Predator. To me, what I like to call the third of Ice Cube's holy trinity of albums, being the first three solo albums that Ice Cube released as a solo artist after leaving DNWA. The first being his debut, America's Most Wanted, released in 1990. Death Certificate, released in 1991. And then this album released in 1992. And you got to think about the run that Ice Cube had been on between 1988 and 1992. We're talking about five years in which where he released as a part of NWA and then as a solo artist, he ended up releasing Straight Outta Compton with NWA. Broke off as a solo artist, released America's Most Wanted. 
then did Kill at Will, which was an EP, then also released Death Certificate, which was in 1991, and then released The Predator in 1992. He was on a classic scorcher as they like to say he definitely was on a hell of a run and was making probably about as good of a run of music in that four or five years as any hip-hop artist has had throughout the history of hip-hop and you could line up a lot of artists out there that have had some great runs consecutive years running from one year up until five years later to put out albums and content that hit the spectrum on all the different marks in which you want hip-hop albums to be. And considering the time frame and how competitive it was during this time, this was really, I would say, a catalyst when we start to talk about that time where the East Coast was no longer as dominant in hip-hop and now it was starting to shift over to the West Coast. I would say that a lot of people would point towards Dre and the G-Funk era and Death Row being the catalyst for that. But I say don't count out Cube and his influence as well. The see Cube and also act like Cypress Hill and also acts like Too Short start to shift that focus over to the West Coast. We saw that there was great hip hop over there on the other coast as well. Sort of helped to bridge that gap to where, all right, it's not just great hip hop over here in New York. There's also great hip hop over here on the West Coast in California. And as we will further learn, I'll also grace hip hop in the South and all across the country in between and what we call flyover country. But The Predator, a great album, uh, really an album that was created during a time. We talked about the time in which it was created. It was recorded between November 1991 and May of 1992. So let me talk about the scene. If we're talking about California and Southern California, Los Angeles, what's happening during this time? Now, for those who are familiar with the album will know, and if you're familiar with Ice Cube, you know that, you know, people will peg Ice Cube as this gangster rapper, and he was part of probably one of the groups that made gangster rap probably legendary within hip-hop and NWA. I mean, obviously, you know, there's no disputing that, but... One of the things that I think that we sort of forget about Ice Cube is that he was very politically charged. And while there is quote unquote gangster rap elements in his music, there's also lots of elements of political activism and commentary in his music. You can hear that in each one of his albums in America's Most Wanted and Death Certificate. And it's much more prevalent, I would even say here in The Predator because of the scene. And let me paint a picture for those of you all who don't know what was going on. In March of 1991, the Rodney King case happened or started. That whole thing started where on video, Rodney King, who was a motorist, was beaten up and arrested by four Los Angeles police department officers. It was captured on tape by someone who was observing from, I want to say maybe from a residence from where this happened at. Um, he obviously at that time was under the influence of drugs. They were seen beating him with billy clubs, that famous video, grainy videotape that everybody sees of them beating up Rodney King. And everyone thinks, okay, this is the thing. You know, this is something that's been going on in the communities and communities of color and black communities, specifically in L.A., as the narrative was being painted, that these things between the black community and also the police department and misconduct and also mistrust between the two that is okay finally we have something on camera that will show this is exactly what the hell we've been telling you about what's been going on it should be easy right well 1992 rolls around and in april of 1992 those four los angeles police department officers are all acquitted by a jury <laughs> of the crime of assault 
um, and whatever other charges they had on them at that time. Now, as a result of that, Los Angeles figuratively and literally caught fire. Hence the start of the LA riots in 1992. 30 years ago, it's hard to even believe that it's been that long. So as Ice Cube is finishing up this album, that's when the LA riots are actually happening. And that's when the verdict was announced, which sparks off the LA riots. So in addition to the footage being released and the trial happening, this really shapes a portion of what would become the subject matter of the Predator, which is Ice Cube's album. And really, you can hear it throughout listening to this. So that's really the scene of what this album was created around. And as you get into Ice Cube, you know, obviously, he's uh, very political in a lot of his his raps, even though people start to paint him as like this gangster rapper. But he's a uh, guy who's very conscious, very self-aware. There is, of course, at this time, around the time when he would have converted over to Islam was very self-aware at that time. You can tell by interviews that he gave to a lot of news outlets during that time, somebody that you're dealing with, someone who was very self-aware, very intelligent, and also very cognizant of the atmosphere in which this music is being released. So now let's go ahead and get into it. First thoughts and reflections. So my first thoughts on The Predator. Now this coming out, of course, during this time, I had limited access to being able to hear the whole album, obviously. When it came to albums like this, especially with artists like Ice Cube, it was sort of mm, give or take whether or not I could actually get the whole album, you know, in front of me. Uh, but what happened is that I heard a portion of it sort of being with one of my friends from the neighborhood and his older brother was playing it in the car with us. And so that I heard bits and pieces of it, obviously, the singles are the songs cheer from the album that stay with you. And it was a good day. I mean, what else do we have to say about that? I mean, it was a song that became a huge hit. It's probably, if you want to talk about the biggest hits in Ice Cube's career. Now, I know that there have been other ones out there, like, you know, the the Do It on the next Friday soundtrack and We Be Clubbing and all the other. Uh, this is probably the biggest hit of his career. I mean, let's be honest. I mean, this is the song that when we talk about you close out a concert with or you're in closing up a concert with, it was a good day is Ice Cube's magnum opus song. I mean, that's his, his standard. That's going to be the song that we know Ice Cube by, especially those of us who grew up during that era. But I didn't hear really this album in full probably until I got into middle school when I had my own Walkman and was able to actually buy the tape and I found the, the tape in a Sam Goody somewhere and I was able to get it actually at a pretty good price because then things were starting to move over to CDs. And I grabbed this tape and started listening to it. And obviously, once again, blown away by listening to it, listening to the lyrics, listening to the production. Ice Cube was somebody that you knew was definitely well-respected within the game. Even back then, not being as aware as I am now as a 40-year-old, you know by listening to it and knowing that he's talking about what's happening in L.A., what happened with the environment around the Rodney King case and the riots and what's going on with race relations within the city in regards to the police department and all the things that have happened between them and the black community and the Latinx community. I was aware even back then that that's some of the things he was mentioning. But then obviously a lot of the other rest of the album that wasn't politically was a lot of what I pictured really classic West Coast rap to be like, painting a picture of what life in Southern California was like. Like, I always talk about, you know, when I would listen to albums, 
from DJ Quick and albums from Dr. Dre and Snoop Dogg and and even artists from Oakland like E-40 and Too Short and Yuck Mouth and Spice One and Richie Rich. I kind of envision what life in California would be like. This was just a part of continuing that experience of what I thought California life in California would be like instead of just watching the videos on BET and MTV. When I really dug into this album later on when I got into college, this actually became a part of my discussion in a class when we were talking about it during political science. That's when I knew that this was just beyond just the regular, oh, okay, is this a classic hip-hop album? Is this a good hip-hop album? What does this mean about gangster rap? Ice Cube, is he good for hip-hop or not? Does he disrespect women or not? It, it became a bit of a deeper discussion in regards to what was happening at the time when these flashpoints in history and what were the musicians and the celebrities and the tastemakers and then eventually the activists at the time saying and how were they saying it? So that's when I knew it was just deeper than just, oh, okay, what you're hearing through your Walkman for your entertainment, for you bobbing your head or for you to ride to when you're on the freeway. It became really a discussion point in regards to where we at in society and how did the people who were witnessing it and those who were the musicians and the people who told the stories, like the journalists and the documentarians, how did they tell this story? And so that's when I knew it was like, okay, this is more than just some head nod shit. This is some shit that you really got to sit and think and be with. And you heard a lot of that in Death Certificate and America's Most Wanted. But the environment in which this was created in, I felt like this was much more... It was almost like you're at the front lines right there in the riots with him. And so that's why I think this album kind of hits me a little bit harder. Like America's Most and Death Certificate, when you compare that to this, I mean, lots of people will say, obviously, they think that those two are superior to this. And I think I would agree with that. But I think when it comes to the message and it really hitting home, that it probably strikes home to the heart of you know, injustice and what's happening in the community between the police and, you know, mistrust and what's happening actually in the hood. I think this probably hits home a little bit harder for me personally than those two do beyond just all the layers of all the content and what it means. This is an incredible album. I mean, the production on here by DJ Pooh, by DJ Muggs, by Sir Jenks. Jenks obviously did great work on death certificate and Muggs coming to add his influence at this time. Cypress Hill, was debuting not too long before and they were coming up and following up. And this is a time when they were becoming very popular and DJ Pooh starting to also come into his own as a producer. Ice Cube and Pooh would do a lot more work later on in the decade, not just in music, but also in film as we would see in the movie with Friday. So this was something that an incredible, credible body of work. And when you get through this album, it's something that sort of flies by 50 something minutes here. I mean, it, you would think, Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Uh, and what I also loved about it is the fact that these skits that are interspersed throughout the album that speak to the themes of the album and really kind of go towards the mindset of the artist and what the message is he's trying to accomplish. 
we talked about that with a few other albums this year. And to me, that to me was brilliantly done. Cause I think to help to spread the message throughout the album, you do things like that and using these, you know, talking points where you hear like the focus groups with the congregation and also the talk shows and then the, the talks with Minister Farrakhan and with Malcolm X sort of help to drive home the point in which they're trying to make. But really, lyrics on here, you know, Cube, this sort of helps to remind you why he was considered and is considered one of the best MCs of all time, not just on the West Coast, but period. And production-wise, just completely just utter fire. So gotta love that. I love the fact that the production on here sort of mirrors what you heard somewhat in America's Most Wanted. And then also, I think it's a lot more closely to what you get in Death Certificate. But the sampling on here, I like always love to be able to hear the drums on these Ice Cube's records. Like, I love hearing the way these drums sound on here. They always hit so hard for me. And for me, that just kind of just hit the impact of the music just hit so much harder for me. Highlights and lowlights. So highlights. I mean, obviously, as I mentioned to you, the singles. It was a good day. And when we talk about the best hip-hop tracks of all time, there's a short list, right? I mean, you could sit... And you could probably take, uh, I would say, maybe 20 to 30 tracks all time and say if you're going to make a list of your top 10 to 15, there's probably like 30 tracks in contention for that. And I think this is one of them. I mean, probably one as good as any storytelling rap song out there. Up there with any Nas song, up there with children's stories with Slick Rick. I mean, it is as good as a narrative rap that you're going to get out there that's ever been created. And it's something that to this day, when you hear that beat drop produced expertly by DJ Pooh and you know that song, so many of it know it word for word. It's on the short list. It definitely is on the short list for one of the best rap songs of all time. And it's something that now, 30-something years later, when we're listening to it now, it still gives you that feeling and lets you know that like, this is Ice Cube definitely right there at the top of his game, like storytelling at its best. Right there, definitely at its best. Check Yourself and the album version of Check Yourself featuring DOS Effects. The album version of Check Yourself produced by DJ Muggs is one thing and you listen to it. But then you also remember the remix version that everybody that's probably a little bit more popular with everyone else that sampled that Grandmaster Flash's The Message. Again, nice wordplay by Ice Cube there. One of the, his best tracks you talk about as far as all time best Ice Cube tracks. This is again on the short list of Ice Cube tracks. Another one that's right up there that is you can put up there that's on his greatest hits. As a matter of fact, I think when they put out his greatest hits album, I believe in the late 90s, this was actually on there as well. At least the remix was. And Wicked, featuring John Jaguar, which, you know, has that reggae feel to it, uh, produced by Torture Chamber, is, you know, I love the song. It has, has a great feeling to it. To me, I, I think it is a great way to reintroduce music right after they do the I'm Scared skit which has the talk show skits of talking about people who are saying that, you know, they're scared to go out in the world and they're not racist, but they are concerned about these type of things. It sort of harkens back a little bit to like the way that you hear language nowadays, how things are in society and to have a song like wicked follow right back up into that. I think is perfectly done when you get into the rest of the album tracks as regards to highlights. I mean, the politically charged tracks on here, when will they shoot? Great way to open up the album. To me, I've always thought like whenever he opened up America's Most Wanted 
And when he opened up Death Certificate with those opening tracks, the wrong nigga to fuck with, like that first track that you get into definitely is the one that hits you in the chest the hardest. It's like it drops and hits you like a bomb, almost like a tidal wave, hits you right in the face. And you get the same thing with When Will They Shoot. We had to tear this motherfucker up. I mean, just to be able to to listen to the words that Ice Cube spits on here in regards to the situation with the Rodney King situation with the cops and what people were thinking during that time. And, you know, the commentary around that was all around, hey, like, why are you doing this stuff in your own community? And it kind of goes around and he, he speaks to that in the song is goes back to the Martin Luther King saying that, you know, the right is a voice of the unheard. And so I think at this point that black people were tired of not being heard. And this was the last straw. You had somebody on camera. They still got off. Now do you hear us? So, so, but it's a great song though. But other songs like who's got the camera? Oh man. <laughs> who's got the camera? Such a, such a powerful song because again, in this new age, we talk about like a song that, stretches out and retains relevancy for years afterwards. Look at all the footage of stuff that we have now or crimes that are now being captured on camera, whether it's by the police or otherwise, when before, you know, when we didn't have the technology, whether it was camcorders or whatever it was that we had where nothing was captured on anything, that things would go on and nothing would happen. But now it's like we're able to get everything on camera now. And even back then, Rodney King stuff happening on camera was something that at that time was unheard of almost like being able to catch footage like that to be able to catch a crime like that in progress. Crazy. But the messaging around that though, around who got the camera and an incredible song produced by Sir Jenks was awesome around just not the actual political tracks. Gotta love songs like dirty Mac <laughs> and don't trust them based partially around dealing with females in the opposite sex. But then also showing his creativity as well, taking us in a place where he talks about doing something like gangster's fairy tale and taking a lot of these, you know, fairy tales and, and, uh, and, and children's stories and then flipping them around, giving them a gangster twist, <laughs> you know? So it sort of cracks you up a little bit, but you know, Hey, you got to give ice cube his props for being creative once again, and sort of like taking something which we consider to be pure and uncorruptible and then taking it and then making it like, Oh no, in the real world, this is the way shit really would be. This is your nighttime fairy tale in your story. So <laughs> shout out to slick Rick, obviously. I mean, I don't know if this was a ode to him or not, but definitely is something that, Hey, you got to have to sort of keep that in mind. Other songs, though, like Now I Gotta Wet Ya. I mean, like, these are like the songs we talk about. One's more of a gangster feel on them. Now I Gotta Wet Ya and The Predator. Sort of like this mix that you have in there. Like, a little bit of gangster, a little bit of political activism, a little bit of talking about real-life stuff when it comes to women and life in the hood. Like, it sort of paints the complete picture of everything as life was back in 1992. That's part of the reason why I look at this album and say, like, you know, when it comes to this, it's like, you know, this is about as complete as you get to me personally. It's about as complete as the album you get because you're touching all the subject matters. And also the production is matching the effort by the MC on here. And that's one of the things that I have to commend Ice Cube for early in his career is he was always good about getting the producers, whether it was Jenks on Death Certificate, whether it was the Bomb Squad on America's Most, and then also getting Pooh and DJ Muggs to come on here to provide the production on here. He always gets the producers to match his effort. And they also create that soundtrack that will keep the listener engaged and keep everybody wanting more. Notable Quotables. 
So my notable quotable, unsurprisingly enough, actually comes from we had to tear this motherfucker up. And it comes from the second verse of the song. I got a Mac 10 for Officer Wen. The MS Devil ass need to be shit back to Kansas. In a casket, crew cut faggot. Now he ate nothing but food for the maggots. Lunch, punch, Hawaiian, lion. Niggas ain't buying your story, bore me. Tear shit up with fire. Shooters, looters. Now I got a laptop computer. I told you it would happen and you heard it, read it. But you all called me was anti-Semitic. Regret it? Nope. Said it? Yep. Listen to my big black boots as I step. Niggas had to break you off something, give Bush a push. But your National Guard ain't hard. You had to get Rodney to stop me because you know what? We would have told this motherfucker up. There you go. You know, <laughs> we talked about like, you know, him framing a lot of this around the 92 riots. And it's definitely not only is he talking about the riots, but he's also talking about, you know, hey, listen, this was bound to happen. I told you this would happen if you didn't at least listen to me and you heard what I said, you read it. And then you called me in for certain words that I use when I reference certain people you all call me anti-Semitic. Also very, very interesting that this is the message in this song, considering what has happened recently with all the stuff that has happened with Kanye West and also with Kyrie Irving and him also saying, do I regret that I said it? No, no, of course not. And he's like, hey, because of this, you know, stuff went out of control. We had to break y'all off something, i.e. these riots had to happen and we had to loot and burn these stores down and everything else because you didn't listen to us because we're, tired of this shit and you try to talk about some hey look your national guard ain't hard and this is when they had to bring the guard in actually to stop these riots because i remember seeing it on the news it, it was out of control the national guard had to come in to basically shut la down to stop the riots and them talking about rodney had to stop me is when rodney came out like maybe the day later and said the uh, famous can't we all just get along line you know because he wanted to appeal everyone to stop what they were doing and, you know, to, hey, this isn't the way to do this. So uh, a very poignant verse and one of my favorites on there, something that always stuck with me even after all these years. Final verdict. So my final verdict for The Predator, uh, and to me, I kind of struggled along with it in regards to whether I think it was a classic album or an essential album. Um, I think it's beyond dope. It's beyond just good. And for me, it was like, is this just essential is it a classic? And for me, I don't have any lowlights on here. So for me, I don't think this is as good as America's Most and Death Certificate. I think that, you know, those are about as too good of an albums as you can get. But I do think that the messaging on here is as important as both of those albums, if not more, considering the time period. And also considering the fact that he balanced so well, as he often did on those other two albums as well, the messaging of politics gangster stuff and then also everyday life to me it's a classic album uh, without a shadow of a doubt classic album uh, i give it a 10 out of 10 it's to me ice cube's first three albums to me i say are certified classics and there aren't many artists that are out there that can say that but that i think without a doubt discussion for me is first three certified classics after that, nah, it gets a little bit sketchy in the catalog. But for me, though, those first three, without a doubt. And he was on, like I said, a run that many rappers in history have never been on. From 1988 all the way up until 1992. And he would keep going. I mean, he would continue this on. And he would continue to be not only just a big force in hip-hop, but then also eventually in Hollywood as well. 
It all started back here. This time, Ice Cube, they considered him to be a menace. And he was definitely wearing the hat proudly and was saying that not only am I going to be a menace, but I'm also going to be informed and educated and I'm going to educate my people. So the Predator by Ice Cube, y'all, 30 years ago. Make sure that y'all go check it out. Hit us up on social media. Hit us up on vaultclassicpod.com. Let's continue the conversation on Twitter. Let's continue it on IG and TikTok. What do you think about The Predator, the album? What are some of your favorite tracks? Do you agree with me in regards to the tone of the album politically? And then also as far as the balance that it had, hit us up. Let us know what you think. We love to continue the conversation. And that is going to wrap up yet another edition of The Vault. Please make sure you are visiting us at vaultclassicpod.com. That's vaultclassicpod.com. There you can learn more about the show. Check out our past episodes. Join our mailing list. Leave a review. Or if so inclined, you can leave us a voice note. Click the blue microphone in the bottom right hand corner to leave us a voice note to let us know what you think about the show or to just show us some love. To support the show, click the coffee cup shaded in yellow in the bottom left hand corner to access our Buy Me A Coffee page. On Buy Me A Coffee, you can give a small monetary donation to support the show to ensure that we can keep the vault open for many years to come. You can also visit us on social media at Vault Classic Pod on IG, Twitter, and on TikTok. Also hit us on YouTube and our Facebook page. Like and follow us on social media. Subscribe to the pod and the YouTube channel. We do it here all for you. We appreciate the support. And if you have a friend, tell a friend and make sure that that friend tells a friend. Always remember to keep your headphones on and your music loud, but not too loud. And as we close, we'd like to remind everyone to dream big because dreams are the basis for creation. Always create, motivate, and elevate. Because you were never destined or created to stay stationary or ordinary in this life. And on that note, we say peace. Thank you for listening and coming into The Vault. Please subscribe and visit us at vaultclassicpod.com. That's vaultclassicpod.com. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.